Right, Michael Kalella, welcome. <laughs> it's it's been a long time since we've sat down and had a good chat. Absolutely. First of all, welcome and thank you for being part of this podcast. And actually, yeah, I realised that it was eight years ago since we actually met in Brazil. I think I was kind of two years into my career, um, just looking to have a quick career career break. And I think you were either in the middle of or just finishing your studies, I I believe. So, and yes, now, yeah. and now, if anyone kind of followed your career, I can see you're very well versed in the world of data science. So, f- from that time when we, when we left in Brazil, where has your journey taken you to the world of data science? Yeah, no, no, great question. Um, yeah, and, and well, I just wanted to first of all say, you know, thanks, Daniel, for having me on here. Um, it has been a while since Brazil. Um, um, that was a really a great time, and I think you know made some of my um, my best and favorite friends uh, while down there. But um, yeah, I just finished. I had just finished school, um, um, grad school, um, and uh, just needed a little break as well. I wanted to kind of figure out, you know, what route. Um, I wanted to take in my career. Did I want to continue down, you know, the more medical route and go to medical school, or did I want to, um, you know, maybe, uh, make a foray into business, which eventually materialized as, you know, data science. Um, so I think being in, being in Brazil, you know, gave me some time to think through that. And, um, when I got back initially, I decided to, uh, just try to work for an international company, which I did. So I worked for, for a company that, they had a, a like a, a private uh, equity investment mm. in an organization that uh, basically pr- puts on like career uh, international career opportunities for a U.S. based um, and then international coming to U.S. Uh, students. So I felt like it was a natural fit after Brazil, and um, you know I think the whole big data scene started to explode, right? And I didn't know a whole lot about it got really interested in marketing analytics. Then from that went into um, like working for a boutique, uh, like management consulting firm where they specifically focused on IT and big data projects for like uh, retail and insurance companies. So that was how I fell in love initially with with data science and um, what is now data science or AI. And then, um, you know, I think uh, my background in, in medical research in psychological research, you know, there's like a heavy applied statistics component that helped, um, helped me make the transition for sure. Awesome. And, and for the novice or the beginner, like what is a data scientist? I'm sure it's not someone in a <laughs> white lab coat sitting in front of a computer. Can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, um, you know, I don't want to use the consulting answer of it depends, uh, but it, it does kind of depend. I think generally, Generally speaking, a data scientist is somebody who has proficiencies in using, let's say, you know, coding languages uh, like Python or R, some others as well, um, has proficiencies in using some of those um, coding languages or technologies, if you will. Um, they understand how to apply algorithms, many of which have been around for a long time. There just wasn't enough like compute, basically to apply them to large data sets. So they, they, they know how to use some of these modern programming languages on large data sets, given, you know, let's say massive or very powerful computing infrastructures mm-hmm. to extract insights. And I think when I think of data science, I think of 
Um, the last, uh, the previous company I worked at, I thought they had a quite a nice split, not a perfect split, but they had a nice split in terms of saying, you know, there's a, a research data scientist and then there's an applied data scientist. Right. So an applied data scientist being somebody who um, is going to have more of that client interaction uh, in solving the business problem, still, you know, using the same algorithms and approaches that the research data scientists would use, but having that client facing component. So, you know, maybe on average communication skills are slightly better, something like that. But I think research data science would be purely focused in injecting, you know, algorithms and science into maybe products or methodologies that could then be leveraged by the applied data scientists and applied to real world data sets. And I think there's a, there's a, a, a a huge opportunity for learning when you're taking a methodology that's been tested out, maybe as like a proof of concept and then a prototype and applying it to new data. You know, you might be working with one retailer. If you work in the retail space, developing a methodology, using their data as a test set, then the applied data scientist is going to take it and then execute on it. And, and meaning like take that methodology and use it across other retailers. And, and I think, you know, the two have to be, the research data scientists and the applied data scientists have to be kind of joined um, hand in hand because I think in some instances you might be an applied data scientist working on a research data science project and vice versa. But generally there's like a bifurcation where a research, a traditional research data scientist might be more akin to like uh, a traditional programmer, whereas a applied data scientist would be, you know, again, having more of that, that client interaction and might even join and lead client calls. So th there is a little bit of a, of a yeah. different skill set. Yeah. So it's not just about looking at data or working in, in spreadsheets. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that happens under the hood and understanding and making sense of that data. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think uh, you bring up a good point. They're making sense of the data. I think what a lot of people miss and a lot of companies miss when they make investments in data science and technology is context because, you know, I think as data scientists, we get excited about, hey, there's this new methodology that, you know, um, maybe a big tech company like Microsoft or Facebook developed, they open sourced it. Let's, let's just rush and use it. Well, like, wait a second, that might not be necessary to solve the problem. Maybe there is still a, a data science solution, but it's a simpler one, you know? Um, so I think solving a data science problem, you have to have context. You don't want to just, you know, you want to focus on driving value especially for a client, as opposed to just saying, hey, I'm going to execute this analysis in this way because it's interesting for me. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, I think in the real world, when you get out of academia, um, you have different constraints. You have time pressure, you have budgets. So um, it's not just an exercise in, um, you know, not a, just an intellectual exercise, but hey, you know, there's some context to this problem. This is the value we need to drive. Let's do it in, you know, a quick yet robust way. So, um, yeah, I think, I think for me, that's a kind of a long winded answer, I guess, to what data science means, I think for me and, and in practice. So, so I'm, I'm just imagining some of the conversations you have with clients <laughs> when they probably say to you, we want data, but then they don't know what they want because they don't know right. the context or they don't understand <laughs> what their problem is. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think right now, um, you know, there, there is a lot of data that companies have. They just don't know exactly what to do with it. Um, and I think the key, at least in my experience is just monetizing that data. So, you know, I think that takes it a step beyond the insights. You start to get to the recommendation. Mm -hmm. Um, what can you actually action on this? Because I think that helps you pivot from looking at 
data science as like a part of IT and just a cost center on your P&L. And and you can start to look at this as as almost like an advantage, a competitive advantage. And, And I think that's great. I think companies like, you know, suppliers or consulting um, ask companies or product focused companies like a SaaS company that's providing, you know, software as a service, they can interact with their clients and really push that value. Mm. And if you can push that value, I think it's a win-win for both parties. You know, um, there, there's clearly value for the company executing the analysis, but then there's, there's as much, if not more. And I think in many times more value for the, the client on the receiving end, because now they're saying, Hey, we do X, Y, or Z as our, as our core value proposition. And we, um, now we have this treasure trove of data that we've, you know, collected over the last 40, 50 years. Now we can actually weaponize it Mm -hmm. and, you know, they can make money with the idea of like, I, I think it's also important to help people and help the customer. Mm-hmm. Um, you can never just focus on monetizing it just for selfish gains. You need to actually, you know, have an impact for people and consumers. So just going back to my my experience in data, which is very, very basic. So I work in learning and development, um, and I've typically throughout my career just published or, you know, pushed out online train online modules through various platforms. And then suddenly throughout the years, we have now a library of all of these assets and now now the ask is to extract the data rather than just looking at your usual completion mm-hmm. reporting what else can we determine from that data set with what with what we have what can, what does it say about the demographics who are taking that learning what are some of the behaviors they are doing so i guess in in that spirit when i was took a step back it kind of made me realize that having a basic understanding of data is now more of a baseline knowledge set for the modern mm-hmm. workforce so then so the broader question on that is why do we need to care about data in today's world yeah no that's a that's a great question um i i think just pausing there for a second i think what you do is so important because that is a huge thing that supported my learning and initial ramping up on data science before making like a formal investment in education it was it was that e-learning or digital learning component. Um, you know, the likes of Coursera and Udemy, I, I abused those, uh, you know, and, and YouTube, just learning as much as I could, um, forming a solid base, and then, you know, eventually deciding to, to make a full graduate degree out of it. Um, I don't think you necessarily absolutely need to do that, but I do think having a structured way to learn, you know, digitally as well as maybe through an academic institution, uh, can be very beneficial. But, um, so you were saying though, like a, a general fluency with data being kind of like table stakes or a baseline. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think these days it's just becoming more and more important. And I feel like, you know, at first, you know, maybe even some of our parents used to chastise us. You're always on, you know, always on technology, get off your phone, get off your computer. But now that's just become such an integral part of everyday life that, uh, you know, companies are pivoting and saying, okay, now we have all this information. People are using computers, whether it's a, a computer in your pocket or or a desktop to do things. Um, let's go ahead and start to measure and see what people are actually doing. It can, it can get to an extent where it almost gets creepy if you track too much. But I think, you know, if you can measure certain behaviors, even those, in, you know, related to technology, you can get that data and you can extract insights and then we can improve quicker. Right. And I think that's, that's what excites me is using technology and data to 
to drive improvements. So I think it was like a famous physicist that said, you know, what you can measure, you can control and, and improve. Whether that's exactly right, um, I don't know, it's up for debate, but um, I think it's directionally, you know, it's directionally correct. And, um, you know, having all the technology now, you know, whether you're using JavaScript to, to, to measure interactions with a, a SaaS tool or, you know, getting an export of data for, I don't know, interactions with a, um, some other tool or some yeah. online or offline platform, you can do, you can, it's powerful, right? And you can, and you can learn a lot about yourself and you can learn a lot about the behavior of others. So, mm. so one of the things I'm seeing, particularly in learn and development, um, which has typically been seen as like a, a cost to the business. Now with all of this data that it's really transformed L and D into more of a strategic partner, which is probably a, another new skill set. In itself, you know, we're now having to mm. have real tangible conversations with business insights mm. with, with our data. So how do we partner with the business and how do we link insights to business objectives? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so I, I think now more than ever, you know, we're, in, we're here in 2020. We've never been more technologically advanced I mean, if you watch the show Ancient Aliens, maybe maybe that's up for debate. But um, but you know, we're we're at a we're at the cusp of, of of something new. I think we're already in the midst, in many ways, of like a digital revolution, and and companies do need to take that investment seriously. You know, like when I was growing up, my dad would always quote um, I forget who it was, but he was just talking basically about the like the cost. If you think education is expensive consider the cost of, of, of ignorance. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think these days companies want to make that investment in research and development. They want to make that investment in their people and in digital learning because it will drive value for them in the future. And I think, you know, for me, part of the reason that I've, I've continuously tried to learn throughout my life and career is just, that's the investment beyond anything else that I've seen the greatest ROI in mm. is just an investment in yourself. And I don't mean that from a selfish standpoint, I'm just talking about education mm. because, and, and it doesn't have to be, like I said, through a formal, you know, four year or graduate university, that's not a luxury afforded to everybody. You can learn on your own in other ways. And I, I've, I've had that discussion uh, in, in, you know, very in depth with, with other people. And I, I do believe that if you have a structured way to learn, you can do that. I think Again, formal institutions help, but back to back to your, the point. Your um, you know your question. Um, I think companies can look at that that investment in their people and R and D and data science and and digital learning and um, look at it more in terms of like, hey, it might be a little bit harder to put on my my you know my uh, my P and L right now or to capitalize on, but it's going to pay dividends in the future. And and I think you know as it becomes more commonplace to, to make these investments, which I think it, it is daily, weekly, monthly, yearly um, in the 2000s. Um, I think companies will start to look at that with more of an understanding as opposed to an aversion. Just uh, one quote on this topic that I was reading yesterday, um, an individual that works in, in um, uh, finance and technology in Brazil was, and I need to verify the dollar amount, but I'll just read it to you. Mm. Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Google, and Microsoft spent a combined 29 trillion uh sorry 29 billion on research and development in q1 2020 remember this next time you're hesitant to invest one hundred dollars in an online course or one thousand dollars in your own business so i think that's pretty powerful right so again will we know the exact dollar amount maybe not but i think the core principle there is you know companies that are winning today are making that investment 
and and even just if 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 people are not interested in you know being like a data scientist or a data practitioner, just just being open to looking at data and getting more comfortable, even even in the news, right? Um, analyzing data and um, I don't know, I forget what it was. It was some some TV show that was talking about it was I think set in the 1950s and um, the father or the mother was making a point to their to their son. Um, something along the lines of if you can read a newspaper end to end and understand the whole thing, that's that means you know something, right? And I think that's like a good point, right? It's like because there's you know you'll have a finance section, you'll have a marketing, you'll have the latest news, you have a political section. So I think you know intelligence ultimately is is just being open to to a diverse set of information, and data is included in that. I am mm. uh, maybe two or three months into really working with data now, and. I've compared it to going to the gym for the first time. So when I first went to the gym, really, really skinny, and I was looking around, looking at the data, and I was really nervous, but just put my front foot forwards, and over time, you feel stronger, your technique gets better, and you develop a level of, of comfort. So it's just about having a go and having a play with it. So... Makes sense, yeah. Are there any common myths or misconceptions about data science yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, I think um, a lot of one of the misconceptions is just that um, data science can't answer everything, right? So I'll just I'll just start. That's the that's the elephant in the room, right? So it can't answer everything, mm-hmm. um, but I think it can get you started in the right direction, right? So um, I think the way the way that well, you can leverage a lot of clever algorithms, mm-hmm. right? Which are just, just mathematical formulas essentially to show you something that you might've otherwise missed. Right. And I think, again, the value for that really comes down to having an immense amount of data. And once you start to get, you know, as humans, we get beyond just like a single screen or a spreadsheet, we start to like, we kind of overheat, you know, yeah. our, our system gets confused. So if you have a framework, so getting started with, with data and data science, you have a framework, you learn different frameworks for solving different problems. And then you just get more and more um, time on the track. You just keep going. You, you solve the same problem in a different way, or it has a slightly different business, uh, business impact. That's, that's really key. Just constant exposure. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people just think, Oh, you know, oh, we'll, we'll hire 80 data scientists. I, I don't really think that's a solution to the problem. I think you need to have the right blend of people with a business context and a data science background. You still also beyond just pure like data science, there's, there's other people that, that help the data scientists, right? Like data engineers, mm-hmm. similar, but different skill set. Right. Um, you know, cloud architects, different skill set, similar technologies, right? So I think don't think that a data scientist can solve it all. It still needs to be a team effort. You need your customer success team, or, you know, you might call them your client leads. You need executive leadership and you need the people that I, you know, loosely call quote unquote old school, where they're not so focused on the big data and the data science, but they have a lot of experience doing X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. Um, So myth one, don't think data scientists can can solve it all. And I, I, you want me to give you like one more maybe? Yeah, one more would be good. Okay, uh, one more would be good. So um, I would say another myth is that a good data science solution is expensive. Right. So 
you know, in this era of like cloud computing where AWS and, and uh, mm-hmm. Google and um, Microsoft are making a lot of money with cloud computing, I think people just assume I'm going to throw more and more data at the problem. And, you know, to really get insight, it's going to cost me $25,000, $60,000 a month in cloud costs. It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't have to. You can also take with data science, I think, a lean approach. So instead of just running all of your data through an algorithm, which is like a brute force approach. You can think harder about the problem, think about how it's been solved in the past, and then make sure you're using the right kind of like exploratory data analysis techniques to investigate it and really understand it first. So um, yeah, I guess those would be my two. I can go on for hours about (laughs) about that, but those those are probably the main ones. um, So Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. And so looking to the future then and in your experience so far, what is exciting about the world of data in the future? And I'm guessing there's lots of links to um, artificial intelligence and there's probably lots of stuff happening around us that we don't even know is happening. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say exciting is just like, at least uh, selfishly, I can say constant learning. Um, for me, I think staying engaged um, in, in most things in my life, I have to constantly feel like there's something I don't know enough about yeah. and I want to learn more. I'm always, you know, learning, trying to, to, to gain that advantage. And also I, I am not somebody who likes being in a situation where I don't know something. And I guess when I say that, I want to be clear here. I like knowing I need to learn something new, mm-hmm. but I, I, I feel almost uh, self-conscious in some ways when I don't know the answer and that motivates me to find the answer. So, you know, I've, I've tried, uh, ever, even since around the time we met in Brazil, tried to get uncomfortable being uncomfortable as they say. Mm-hmm. So that I do, I do like, but you know, again, just, um, always having something new to learn. I think that's, what's most exciting about my view of data science. And then also just how quickly the field's evolving you know, there's so many cool technologies out there that I'm just like eager to use. Mm. So, um, that's me. Uh, that's, you know, it's like my digital workshop is, is data science. So, yeah. Awesome. No, that was really interesting. And some, and some food for thought. I love the fact that it's not actually not that expensive actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, was def- yeah. that was definitely a misconception. Yeah. I, that was in my head. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that, that was really good. So to wrap up, what advice would you give to anybody looking to get started or working towards getting comfortable with data? Yeah, no, no. Great question. I would say, um, just do it, start now and, uh, don't be afraid because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, the biggest roadblock is, Hey, I don't know about this. Oh, you know, again, back to feeling uncomfortable, right? Um, Oh, I'll, I'll try it again tomorrow, but no, just literally dive in the deep end and you will learn trying to swim. You really will with data science. I will, I'll very humbly say when I started, I was very intimidated. Mm. Right. And it wasn't even exactly called data science yet. It was kind of, there was like one or two certificates on Coursera, you know, data scientist toolbox, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I, I was intimidated, but you know, I just tried to get more and more involved in projects professionally related to data, learn from people that have been around and, and done like big or even, you know, small data projects, other programmers, people who are statisticians, learn and absorb as much as possible. Bumped my head a lot along the way, but I think that is the, the for me at least, the, the easiest way to learn. So be fearless, start start today, 
and and don't be afraid to to screw up. And I I just want to make a quick plug here, I guess, for for my current place of work, um, you know, Applied Data Data Corporation. So I think one of the things that is most exciting about uh, this company is just the openness to really moving fast, driving value, and 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 learning along the way. And I think those are key key components to every company and just every person is just stay humble because even if you've done it for the last 30 years, things are changing. There's always something new to learn. So yeah, I, w- I would say, you know, just embrace that culture of, of constant learning and especially for people breaking into data science, um, you know, keep with it. Awesome. Thank you very much. That was really interesting. And I will be sharing lots of my spreadsheets for you to help me fix. <laughs> Absolutely. <problems> yeah. I, <laughs> I have. <laughs> But go no, for it go for it thank yeah. you very much that was really interesting and more than welcome to come back and have another chat i feel like we can talk about data for hours so thank you very much absolutely daniel good to see you buddy <laughs>